Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Detroit Lions Breakdown Podcast. I'm Joe Kenya. With me, as always, is Eric Schlitt from PrideofDetroit.com. Eric, the offseason is is fully upon us. You know, Lions, we're, we're getting ready to get We have the Senior Bowl today. Today is Saturday, February 4th. Uh, we're steamrolling our way to the Super Bowl next week, and after that, we'll have the draft. We have free agency. We have all that. So, we're going to talk about the state of the roster today. Sounds good to me. I think we haven't had a chance to really do that, right? We sp- we wanted we to not. do that last podcast, and then we spent half of it reliving the Green away. Bay Packer game. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so we'll go over the roster today. Um, we're we'll start at the all important position of quarterback. Did you have anything to add? Before we got started, before we we dug in, any 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 general information? I think just the general stuff is. Um, I I know I th- I think we should probably point out the fact that um, it's we've been struggling with the uh, getting the podcast up on iTunes and stuff lately, and we're yeah, still we're working still on trying to figure that out. Um, so I know I, I know a lot of people have uh, found their way to Spotify. <laughs> we corrected the problem with Google Play, so um, that should be there. Uh, but we're working our way closer. Uh, I did have someone offer to help out. Uh, so I'm going to try and get down that Avenue. Uh, we're, we're trying to figure that out, but we appreciate people's patience with us. Uh, those who have, uh, been Patreon subscribers, uh, I tried to get an early draft board out to all those people so that, um, it's kind of a, a thank you for being patient with us. And uh, hopefully you're enjoying that. I've seen a lot more subscribers to that recently. So I know people are listening uh, or at least hearing about it. So uh, we appreciate everyone's patience. And uh, yeah, let's let's get into this offseason with a, uh, you know, with a real good idea of where the Lions sit at, uh, at all their different positions. All right. We're going to start at the all important quarterback position. Currently, only one quarterback on the roster and his name's Jared Goff. Obviously, he's not going anywhere after you know, a lot of talk last offseason coming up to this season and through the first seven games of the yeah. season, but he's entrenched himself by the end of the year. And I think most people are in agreement that he does deserve a year number three mm-hmm. as the Lions signal caller. Many think he deserves many more years as the Lions signal caller. I know you and I kind of feel that they should always be looking to upgrade that position. Yeah, look, I I, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that he deserves a third season uh he deserves that starter role next year um i'm it's very i'm very very certain about that um as far as like the long term though i think that's still to be determined right i think the lions still still think it's to be determined because if they thought he was a longer term future maybe they make a they might be you know itchy to get a contract extension with him um i i've gone on record and say i think it's a little early for that but still, uh, I think this it's a it's a perfect scenario for the organization because they'll have a chance to keep him for another year, see where he's at, and um, from there they can make that determination after that. Like he had a fantastic back half of the season. Like I mean, he was fantastic, right? And but when you're talking about long term considerations for a player, especially at quarterback. You have to look at the totality of of the player and and how he's done historically and and he's shown a lot of life that says he could be the answer. 
at the same time, he I think he needs to show a little bit more consistency in that area, right? Before he gets that long-term extension. So he's going to be the starter. He deserves to be the starter. Uh, and if he can come out and play like he did the back half, I think he gets a contract extension. And it, and if he he if he falters, then you know Lions could be moving in a different direction. So uh, there's still some some prove it, but he's proved enough. He need he gets another year, and and so the, I think the Lions will hold off uh, on re- finding his replacement this year. Uh, but I don't think that will preclude them from still looking at this draft class really hard. Uh, they need a backup. Like you said, Goff is the only quarterback on the roster right now. And uh, so that means they're going to add at least two, maybe three in this off season. And I would not be surprised to see if they add one in the draft because of uh, they need to add some stability at that backup position. Brad Holmes has not yet drafted a quarterback in either one mm-hmm. of his two drafts. It's a small sample size. Not a surprise yeah. that you don't walk away with a quarterback in either draft, but Interesting if he's going to go that route, how high he'll draft a quarterback. I know there's mm-hmm. still plenty of people out there who want to see them take somebody at yeah. number six to play quarterback. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, they, maybe they're not wrong. Maybe Will Levis will be a future pro bowler. You know, who knows? <laughs> but like, it, it would be really surprising to me if they did. Yeah, I mean, it, realistic. what it comes down to me is every player is going to have different uh, people are going to have differences of opinion on every player, right? I mean, that's just the way it is. Some people are going to say Amon Rock can never be a wide receiver one, whereas uh, he looks clearly like the Lions wide receiver one. You know what I mean? Like right. he made his first Pro Bowl. Um, he definitely looks like the future, but there's still some people that think you can't be wide receiver one if you if you work out of the slot. You got to be on the outside. And so um, everyone's going to have difference of opinion. And, and there's certainly people out there that, that want Goff uh, replaced. And they think that, you know, you take your best quarterback that's available at six and then you ride golf out and eventually replace him with one of the, the those quarterbacks. But unless they see someone who they believe is a can't miss prospect, which I, I don't know, you can say with certainty that there is, um, I, I think this is a spot where they could invest in other teams and so or other positions right and that's kind of what the roster needs a little bit more in my opinion i think golf deserves a little bit more leniency and i'm not anticipating a quarterback uh in the first you know two days at least speaking of positions that need to be improved or need to have uh have uh um resources dedicated to them running back currently under contract deandre swift Craig Reynolds is an exclusive rights, Jamar Jefferson, Greg Bell, and fullback Jason Cabinda. Yeah, so Jamal is a, a free agent, and uh, I, I still think Jamal comes back. I, I feel pretty confident the leadership level that he brings to the organization, uh, the way that this team rewards people for you know uh, production on the field, I do think Jamal is a guy they bring back. But even if they bring Jamal back, uh, you are going into your final uh, contract year with DeAndre Swift. And you need some stability because he's not shown that he can stay healthy throughout the the totality of the season. And so I do think running back is a position where they're going to uh, address it. Uh, It could be a a position that's addressed in the first two days. Uh, My guess is... 
if it did happen, it would be more likely on day two. Uh, but this is a deep running back class, and and so I do think they will add to the position and, and add some competition. But I don't think they necessarily need to do more than just looking at Jamal and then and then adding another young back to to compete. Um, I don't think they're going to need to go. I don't think they're going to go out and try and sign like a free agent or anything like that beyond just re, like I said, retaining Jamal. It'll be interesting to see what kind of suitors Jamal has because he does score touchdowns. But you know what? Sure. What? What do other teams going to value that? You know, are, right. are there other teams out there that are you know playoff caliber teams that are looking mm-hmm. at Jamal Williams going like, well, we need a guy who can just score down on the goal line. But then you have the arguments of what. Is that a, just a function of the offensive line? You know, he's mm-hmm. just the guy that ends up getting the balls, not because he's plowing through people. It's because, well, right. there's a hole there already. Or they're already, maybe not a hole, but they're already moving guys into the end zone. So he's got room to score it in. So we'll see where that goes. We'll see if somebody offers Jamal. That's the interesting thing. I think the Lions do look to bring back Jamal Williams unless somebody comes by and offers mm-hmm. him like 7 or $8 million a year. Then how could you bring him back type of thing? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't think you could bring him back at that price. Um, but I, I actually would be surprised if he even makes it to free agency, right? Like, I think he could be one of their top priority resigns, and he might not even make it to mid March. I would guess that's the that that's the question, right? So if, if right. we're looking we're looking at the list of their free agents, unrestricted free agents, mm-hmm. is he the guy they're talking to for? Is, is he at the top of the list? If you're going to bring back anyone on the unrestricted free agent list for the lions. Is mm-hmm. it Jamal Williams? Number one. Well, I actually, uh, I actually wrote an article on that. Right. Um, and he was number one. So you don't yeah. have John Kaminsky. I would have John Kaminsky as my number one. That's what I pick. I, um, I'll see if I can pull it up real fast, but yeah, Jamal was my number one. Uh, Kaminsky was, I believe my number, number three, four, oh, number four. three or four. Yeah. You have two as DJ Chark. I would bet. I, I do. I did have DJ Chark because of his value. Um, because of his value as a, okay. When I ranked, when I was ranking these guys, I, I looked at who are the ones who can be upgraded right? Like Jamal is the top guy and he's going to sit on that at the top for me because of the fact that I don't think you can replace his leadership, right? But beyond DJ Chark, I think the rest of the positions you could upgrade them, even though they're, they're good players who bring a whole bunch of other things to it. Chark's the one guy where I, you'd have to really overpay to go get a play, a wide receiver better than what Chark can bring to the table. And so, and then even if you do bring him back, you it's, and you draft another player. I still don't know if that player would necessarily like jump Chark, right? Like, whereas I think Josh, Will, Josh Reynolds might be a guy who might get jumped. So Chark is, was my number two. No, Kamitsky was my number three. I, you were right. I thought he was four. He's three. Say, I was going to say, well, if I have to guess, like I'm guessing Anzalone would be number three. Uh, no, it was it was Kaminsky was three. Uh, Anzalone was five. Mm. Uh, number four was Isaiah Bugs. All right. Well, we'll get so. to those positions in a minute. We, we're, we're getting off. Absolutely. We're already getting off Absolutely. track here. <laughs> so besides if they bring back Jamal Williams, and I think you, you, you roughly touched on this, mm-hmm. you think they're going to be looking in the draft potentially one of the first two days. So that means in 
one of those first five picks between six and 80, they'll mm. be trying to walk away with the running back. I, I, I see six running backs that I think could go in the first hundred, right? So that's John the, Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Devin, how do you, Arcane. Shane, yep. Zach Charbonnet, as we know well, Zach Evans, yeah. and Tank Bigsby. Those are the top six I have right now. But be, if you go beyond them and you start looking at the guys that are kind of on the fringe day two, day three, uh, like Kenny McIntosh, uh, Rashkan Johnson, uh, Tajay Spears, all three of those guys are going to be at the Senior Bowl. Um, all three of those guys would be really good fits as well. Johnson um, is the number two at Texas behind Bijan, but he would have been a starter if he wasn't on the same team with Bijan because he's, he's that good of a player. Um, all three of those guys have unique skills that I think could come in and contribute. And there's enough upside there where they could be, you know, uh, a half of a, of a RB tandem that would include, um, you know, Jamal Williams, if Swift ends up leaving after the season. So, um, yeah, you could leak into into day three, uh, but I do think you know they'd be they're they're going to be looking and hoping one of these other uh, top backs drop. I'm a Deuce Vaughn fan, but I I think he's he, there's no value to him on this roster. I mean, look if you like Darren Sproles, uh, you know what I mean. Then you're going to love Deuce Deuce Vaughn. Um, it's tough though; he's he's very undersized, uh, and. Um, but yeah, he's definitely he'll be he'd be a day three guy. I I know he was he's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, if you happen to catch any K State games, all right, going over to the wide receiver position, players under contract. We know very well Jamison Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown certainly will be coming back, but also Quintus Cephas, uh, Khalif Raymond, Tom Kennedy, Stanley Berryhill, Josh Reynolds, Trinity Benson, and Maurice Alexander. Trinity Benson's an exclusive rights. Now here's a this is. I, you might know off the top of your head better than I. I'm going to say, as of current, leaving quarterback out because quarterback's the highest paid position, you know, mm-hmm. that's chewing up the most salary cap. But they have the biggest investment in the offensive line, the, the yeah. Lions do currently. Is the wide receiver group number two? Because a lot of these guys you know, mm-hmm. make solid contract numbers, you know, like they, they're getting, making three, four million dollars a year type guys. Yeah, I, I I do think that this was a focus last offseason. Um, Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond each each got two-year contracts off last offseason. Uh, Jameson Williams, they traded up for to get. Um, and they obviously, Amon Ra, they were building around. So um, those four represent a really good core. If you are able to bring back DJ Chark, you've got you've got five and you're happy, right? And then you can fill that number six spot out with whoever. Um, but... Yeah, this is a spot that, that they've heavily invested in uh, and focused on turning it around last offseason. My guess is they're going to try and do the same thing with corner, right? I think they're going to try and do the same thing at corner this year because where they're going to start throwing assets at the position and, and trying to do trying to replicate what they did at receiver because they have a really nice core one that they can build around, one that is efficient now, one that can be efficient if you add or if you don't add. Like they're they're in a good spot at, at wide receiver, which is a far cry from where they were uh, entering twenty twenty one. Right, and so it would be interesting. Like they they might look to retain G- DJ Shark, but even mm-hmm. if they can't, I, I'd be interested to see what kind of investment 
they even made in the wide receiver position. Will mm-hmm. they draft a wide receiver? If they do, it's going to be way at the end of the draft, I would assume. Yeah, I think they could add a day three guy, um, and and you'd probably be happy with it. There's some interesting guys, a couple local guys, right? Like uh, Jaden Reed, Ronnie Bell uh, from Michigan State and Michigan. Uh, those guys would be kind of day three guys I think you could add that bring something unique that the Lions don't necessarily have. Um, Reed really had a really nice pro uh, senior bowl. Yeah, I've been week. reading about all that. Very leery. Um, <laughs> well, he's got, look, he's got lots of speed. He can be right. a gadget guy. He's got punt return ability, yep. right? There's a lot to like with that. Um, I think Reed would have got drafted if he came out last year, right? And he only right. got better. So um, Reed's a guy that is kind of like Khalif Raymond, but you get you can do a little bit more with him. Um, Ronnie Bell is more like, uh, what you would get out of like Quintez Cephas, except he's he's a little bit faster, a little bit more route control. He's not as physical, right? He's more of that. He can be that big slot uh, kick outside at like the Z. Um, so like, yeah, I think they could look at the guy, look at one of these local guys uh, just off, you know, just picking those two out. There's a whole bunch of other guys as well. Um, but, uh, you know, if they don't bring Chark back and they want and they want to invest early, there's there's picks for that, too. This, this is the way the NFL is going to be now. There are going to be talented wide receivers in every draft class this the way that college football is they just are heavily producing these wide receivers on a year-to-year basis wide open passing offenses quintess cephas this might be his last this might be the last year we'll see of him coming up this might yeah be unfortunately we'll you know he's he's so unique in the fact that he brings something that this no one else on the roster has in his physicality but he just he can't stay healthy um, it's a really, it's, he's just had a, this run of bad luck. Uh, but when he, when he has been healthy, he's been great. And, and, and so you, you, you hope for the best. Um, but I, I do think that they're looking at him saying if he can play great and if he, if he can't, then, you know, you know, we need to, we need to make plans as if he's injured still. And so, uh, I don't think they're going to avoid drafting someone because of Quintus Cephas, but I think if they they're not going to give up on him yet either. Josh Reynolds, thirty-eight receptions, four hundred seventy-nine yards, three touchdowns. He was a a boon to Goff back in twenty twenty-one. Mm-hmm. He gave him like a security blanket. Is he's under contract for next year? But is that it for him? Like it seems that Goff has now gotten comfortable with you know the totality of his wide receivers. He doesn't really look. At uh, at Reynolds as much as that this might be the end for him. Yeah, and I think as Jamison gets better, it's going to reduce Reynolds' role even more. Uh, now, it's this is predicated on the fact that if they move on from Chark, I think Reynolds still stays very much in the mix. But uh, beyond this season, we'll have to what to see. We'll have to see. Like Goff likes him as a security blanket, and if you, if you can get Josh Reynolds as wide receiver four on your roster you're pretty happy, but I don't think they're going to want him as wide receiver four at like a $4 million price tag. Right. Like that's, that would probably be a bit too much. So um, it's a, it's a good, it's an important year for him uh, and to, and to see how his future, you know, rounds out here in Detroit and what happens with Chark will definitely impact that as well. Tight end position, Brock Wright, exclusive rights free agent, James Mitchell under contract, Shane Zilstra, exclusive rights free agent, Derek Deese Jr. I, those two exclusive rights free agents, I believe both of them are coming back. And the t- that yeah. might be the tight end room. They'll add some 
youth, you know, or free, yeah. you know, some lower level competition. Guys, I think yeah. that's the, those top three, I think that's what we're going to see next year. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, I do expect competition last off season. They entered uh spring camp with eight tight ends, I believe. And so with only four, that means they're probably going to add eight guys. A couple of them come, come um, as like undrafted free agents. You might sign one in free agency. Maybe you draft another one. Um, you know, there's a lot of mock drafts out there right now that have the Lions projecting the Lions to take a, a tight end very early. Um, I, I, I'm not buying into that just because of how they, you know, how they you used uh, them value. Last year. Yeah. yeah. And while and I understand. More than happy to kick Hawkinson out the door. <laughs> it's, I mean, they did better when he wasn't here. Uh, right. Crazily, which is very strange. Um, is it? Is it, Eric? A little, a little, a little, because he's a he's more talented than the, than these guys are. But these guys, they Apparently they he was clogging the, up the offense. Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, look, this tight end class is very deep. Uh, lots of options and and a lot of balanced tight ends as well. So I could see them investing at the position again. I don't see them like using a first rounder like some people are projecting. Um, but there are six tight ends that could go in the first two rounds, and then there's you know then there's then Luke Schoonmaker sitting right there. Well, there for you go. You. I mean, look, he he'll probably be there in on day three. And then he's your blocking tight end with a little bit of pass catching. Reminds you know he's got a little Daniel Bellinger from last year, if you recall him. He was a guy that they liked at the Senior Bowl last year. Um, blocking tight end with a, a little bit of movement in him. And would it look if if Scootmaker's there in the fifth round and they took him, I wouldn't bad an eye. I'd be happy, right? I think that'd be a great value. Of course, you'd be happy. Well, he's a good blocker. <laughs> um, you know. There's a couple other ones like the Alabama uh, Latu from Alabama's good blocker. Um, you know, there it's it's a balanced group. Normally, you've you've seen a lot more move tight ends or tight end Fs where they are are you know flex them out. Uh, but this year, there's more balanced tight ends coming out, so that'll be a little bit more appealing. At the same time, I'm with you. I could see them just rolling in with these three and uh, just you know calling it back again offensive line what did the pff have it ranked number eighth so it was kind of oh. uh kind of behind where we thought it should be this past yeah. year we needed to be top five here's the deal a lot of these offensive line rankings you know they focus Arbitrary. on the total well but they also focus on the total and that revolving door at right guard knocks them down a lot of pegs when you look at decker jackson ragnow and sewell those guys are top five at their position. Ragnow is top three. Sewell is top three. I think Decker is a top 10 tackle. I was going to say, top like, 10. hey, right. top 10, I got, top 12. I got a little he played better than yeah. that this year. Yeah. I thought Decker. Yeah, he had a great a, year. Yeah, he took a big step yep. um, as a leader, as a player. And it's he had like uh, he had a stretch in there where he wasn't giving up a pressure for like two, three games in a row. Like, it's a... Uh, He's definitely fallen into one of the leaders on offense. He's going to get paid like it this year. Um, but he's also a guy that I could see them maybe trying to restructure his contract to free up a little bit more money, give him a little bit more guarantees. Um, if they need the cap space, no need to push that right now. But he's a guy that they want to invest in, that they think is the future. And I don't think they'd mind 
turning some of his money into guarantees because I don't think they're there's they're you know thinking about moving on from him or anything like that. Um uh, not in the next couple of years when is well he's under contract anyway. All right. You already mentioned most of the names. Decker, Jackson, yeah. Ragnow, Sewell. Those are the, the four starters. They'll all be back. Hal Vitae will technically be back. He is under contract for next year. Who knows what his health is and who knows if the Lions will retain him and use him next season or use some of the money they can, uh, they can keep after cutting him to spend on free agency. Also note on the roster, Obina Eze, like we talked, he didn't see a snap this year. He spent the whole year on the practice squad. It'll be interesting to see next preseason if he's, made a leap forward and gotten yeah. better because he's a very intriguing prospect with his athletic ability. Yep. Logan Stenberg, Darren Paolo under contract, Coyote Oshwika under contract. Tommy Kramer is an exclusive rights free agent, and it'll be interesting to see if he's healthy enough to contribute yeah. next year. Is he a possible solution at right guard with uh, Ross Pierschbacher and Matt Nelson as restricted free agents? <laughs> No, uh, no Dan Skipper, you pointed out. No Evan Brown in that list. Um, yeah, those are basically the two that'll be going it, away for sure. Yeah. Um, this is so. Let's let's start at the top with with Vitae. Uh, Vitae is a guy that they enjoy working with. They 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 think he can. He's a leader for Panay Sewell. He's like a big brother for him. Uh, he's a guy that does everything that they want in their right guard position. Uh, but he has a back injury that we don't know the status of. And then he also has a contract that's worth almost $12.5 million, which is a large, sixth highest large number. highest paid player on the team. And he's one of the sixth best player on the team. No, no. no. And I think, and, and if you put him in the, if you look at the, like the guard rankings, I think he's near the top of that in the top, like six of that as well. Um, he, he, right now, Vitae is, is overpaid at the same time. They like him, and I don't think they want to move on from him. So I, I've been saying this for a while that I, I think he's a not re, not restructure, but complete renegotiation of, of his contract. Lower his cap number, give him some more guarantees, maybe add on a couple of years, maybe add some voided years yeah. on there too. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, if you can drop him down to where he's averaging eight instead of 12, I think you can you can handle that, and if he's not up to that, then they'll then they might move on from him because twelve and a half is a ton. He's only guaranteed six, so they can free up six and a half million by moving on from him, uh, and then they could use that money for a lot of different things. They can they could go to the draft. They could try and go to after another free agency, a free agent player. They could look at Tommy Kramer, but again, Kramer has a back injury as well, so we don't know what the status of Tommy Kramer is. Do expect him to be back because there's an exclusive rights for agency. He's not going to cost much at all. Beyond that, Stenberg, I don't think, is really going to be an option moving forward. Um, with Powell, I don't think he's an option. Awasika started at w- one game for him, and I don't think he was like overly impressive, but he could possibly be an option. The, the trick here is whichever guy you get, you're putting him right in between two pro bowlers. In between Ragnow and Sewell. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to have a $12 million guard on the roster. You don't. You just don't need it. Um, this offensive line can still be super productive with a player that's not at that price. So I think that's why they're going to go in and try and reduce it. Because they want they want him to stay. But I don't think they want him to stay at that price. So... <clears throat> 
We'll see where they go. Could they bring Evan Brown back? I think a lot of that depends on what Evan Brown's price tag is. Um, he's well, basically they're, they're throwing ten million dollars out there, right? As projected, because he's well. Look, he started the last two years, right. basically, right? Yeah, there would um, be plenty of teams that would look for his services. And, and and I don't think, and I'm worried that he's gonna the he's gonna he's basically played himself out of a Lions contract. Like I think he's going to end up earning more money somewhere else than than he would with the Lions, and so. Uh, it might be the end of Evan Brown, which is, you know, disappointing, but not the end this of the is world. What's gonna happen. You can't keep all these guys forever, Eric. Yeah, you can't. Right. And so and you gotta you be can't... thinking about future extensions for some of these guys. Like they're going to have to be in the mindset of, we need to draft at these positions and be using young players right. who aren't making a lot of money. Cause we're going to have to throw Brinks trucks at St. Brown and Sewell, <laughs> you know, they do. And even Jonah yeah. Jackson, like they have well, to make these considerations long-term what they're going to do. Yeah, Jonah Jackson, his draft class is eligible now the uh, for contract extensions. So I could see Jonah's agent coming to him and saying, hey, um, it's time to start talking about Pro Bowler Jonah Jackson and a contract extension. And if they're going to move on from Vitae, I could see them instead of in like investing in a free agent, just throwing that money right at Jonah. And just being like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna re up you. We're gonna try and keep you uh, under contract as long as we can. Um, this is the so this is the year where Jonah, um, Swift, and uh, Julian Aquara, Logan Stenberg, Quintus Cephas, all those guys are eligible for contract extensions. I think Jonah's the only one that they would give one to, right? I think the other guys are going to let them play out and see how their contract goes. But I do think Jonah's a guy that they could look at and say, man, if we bump him up from three and a half million to, to 10 and try and keep him at 10 and maybe even reduce that number this year, but give him a contract that averages 10, they'd be a lot happier about where their offensive line is is, is headed and in, in the stability of that offensive line because you've got Decker through 2024, you've got Ragnow through 2026, you've got Panesul through 2025 as a team option, right? So like if you could get Jonah in that in that group and keep those four at least for two more years, I, you'd be extremely happy with that. And and that could come at the expense of Vitae, right? So if it does come at the expense of Vitae and you lose Evan Brown, and you don't know where Tommy Kramer is. Well, now all of a sudden you got a hole at right guard, and you're looking at depth potential issues that you need to address both on the interior and at tackle. So while the strength of the team is the offensive line, they may need a starter plus a, a backup, uh, or maybe two backups that that can so they may be adding offensive linemen this year. Could go into the draft, could be they try and find a, a deal in free agency. We'll have to see where it goes. Um, could they bring Matt Nelson back, but not on a restricted tender? Same thing with Pierce Bacher, um, kind of like what they did with Evan Brown last year, offer him less money than what the re restricted rights money would guarantee him and try and bring him back. Uh, I could definitely see that, but I could also see those guys just trying to test free agency and see if they can catch on somewhere as well. So, um, I do, there's going to be some movement. There's going to be some movement on this offensive line, but 80% of your core is in place remains yeah and that's what's really encouraging 
And most importantly, will be their health. We we're learning all about Ragnow and Decker and all the injuries they were playing through all season. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, offensive line and corner are those two positions that you always need tons of and you always need yep. to be looking to draft them and, and find them via free agency. So it's not surprising that they're, you know, that that the offensive line is you know, it's going to be an area of concern, even though it's probably the strongest part of the team. All right. It's it's. Oh. I was gonna say, um, in in the draft, the interior uh, offensive line group isn't super strong this year. We've seen classes where they've been strong for the last couple. This group has like five guys I could see right now going in the top one hundred, and that's not massive. That's not a massive amount when you're starting to look at other teams that are going to have the similar needs. Because, like you said all teams are going to be looking to add depth on the offensive line. That's just the nature of football, right? Tackles deeper, tackles stronger. You could have six or seven guys go in the top 100, right? Um, but there's more depth beyond that at tackle as well. So I could see them addressing offensive line maybe twice in this draft potentially, which seems a little odd because, you know, they only got, what, six or seven picks, right? But at the same time, you need bodies depending on what they do in free agency, it could create a little bit more of a need. Um, I, I do think this is a group that they're going to address in the, in the UDFA market after the draft. Um, but there's some names to, uh, you know, to, to fill holes if they decide to, to go into the draft. All right. Flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, we'll start right in the middle of that defensive line. Uh, the defensive tackle groups that are under contract and be looking to return next year, although that's uh, that's saying it loosely. Ali mm -hmm. McNeil, Levi Onzerike would be very interesting how his back is holding up and what yeah. his future holds. That might be, you know, a sunk second round draft pick. Uh, Michael Brockers, and that's where I said I say that loosely because he's <laughs> very likely not going to return or uh, return in some other way. Yeah. Uh, Demetrius Taylor and then Benito Jones is on an exclusive rights deal. Yeah, Michael Brockers is really the 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 linchpin here, right? Like he's stepping up right now as a as a leader, but beyond that, he he's not really providing much value to the team as a player. Um he's worth a ton of money. Uh you know, they've invested in they they invested in him with the trade, then they uh, restructured his contract to free up a little bit more money. Uh, so now his contract is worth $14 million almost, but less than four of that is guaranteed. So if they, if they release him, frees up $10 million right off the bat. And then all of a sudden, boom, uh, you've, you've got some movement. Um, you, it just, it's, it's probably the most no brainer decision. I think that most people have, you know, earmarked on their, uh, off season agenda for the lions, uh, it's disappointing at the same time. Uh, it's been trending this way for a while. And I think we're, we're all kind of like prepared for it. Be interesting to do to see though, what his, what he wants to do beyond his time. Does he want to try and re up and find a spot in the league? Um, is coaching in his future? Cause I know like people have mentioned or asked if, uh, he would be considered, if he would consider coming back in a coaching capacity, because uh, that's kind of like what he was, right? He was a, he was a leader, mm -hmm. um, but he's certainly won't, won't be on the roster. And and, and with Levi, uh, you know, big question mark. And in my mind, I I'm not counting on him because his situation looks pretty rough. You've got now Aleem McNeil, 
and probably Benito Jones because he's an exclusive rights. And then Demetrius Taylor, who's a, a developmental guy. Um, you need to add. Like, like Big this is gaping hole. Uh, and, and Isaiah Bugs, uh, as I mentioned earlier, was one of my top uh, free agents, uh, targets that I think the Lions Number should try to resign. And he's an incredible leader. At the same time, even bringing him back, you're going to need to add big time. Like, you could address defensive tackle at the first pick the, or the or the second pick in the first round, or you can address that position at either one of the other two, you know, tackle, or either one of the other two day two draft picks or three day two draft picks. They are going to have to spend a top pick, or they're going to have to spend money in free agency to go get a guy. Um, it just, even bringing bugs back, You've got to add because they, they rotated three guys last year and they were able to supplement that usage by leaning on their edge rushers more. And if that's part of the philosophy, great. Keeps your, keeps your scheme fluid, but you need depth. Like if Aleem or bugs or Benito Jones had gotten hurt last year, they would have been in a world of trouble. Like they did not have an answer beyond those three guys. And Bugs got better as the season went on. I thought Benito Jones finished the season really, really well. Um, but you've got to add to that group. There's, I mean, it's it just, it has to happen. Difficult part with this class is there's pluses and minuses. Obviously, you have a, a, a guy like Jalen Carter, who's one of your top guys. Uh, I think he's... But thanks to Baker Mayfield, he's out of play <laughs> for the Lions. I, I think probably out of play. If you are holding out hope for Jalen Carter, you are hoping that three teams either trade up or do some magic to take quarterbacks. And you're hoping three quarterbacks go in the top five. And then you're hoping uh, somebody falls in love with an offensive tackle and somebody loves Will Anderson. Oh, and then wow. all of a sudden Jalen Carter's there. But uh, that's a that's, long. Yeah, that's yeah. not happening. Yeah, probably not. Because Carter could go one. I mean, like, let's be real. Uh, he could be the first guy off the board. And th- nobody would blink. And uh, but you're you're just there's there if you're holding out hope that that's you're hoping the quarterbacks make a run. Um, after Carter though, it's very shaky. Uh, Brian Brise was one is, was the top guy for a long time. His you stock is you, really you falling. Don't like him, he's falling. No, I do, I do. Uh, there's some okay. consistency issues. Okay, so here's the story with Brise. Um. He was a dynamic player. He's 6'6", 316. He's got long arms. He was a dynamic player as a redshirt freshman. Um, That's why he got all this top 10 talk. That's why he's got all these skills that go into his play. And and he was very good. Terrace is ACL. And um, so he's a little bit slow to come back this year. So a little slow start to the season. Then his sister who's been dealing with mm-hmm. cancer passes away. And, and, and so then that obviously affects him understandably. Then he gets a kidney infection that hospitalizes him that he has to like that. Like he ends up missing time with that. So his production coming off an injury, getting a, uh, um, a health issue and then having off the field uh, stuff that is obviously mentally taxing, his season was a bit was up and down, and so his stats weren't there. 
And it was a tough, tough year for the young man. He's still very talented. And yes, he's had a hard year. And so it's going to be hard for evaluators to say, you know, has he progressed? What are, what, what player are you getting? There's going to be a lot of questions. And because of that, I think his stock is going to slip a little bit because there was some inconsistency. The skill level is there though. Like he can play multiple positions up and down the line. He's got the length, the size, he can do a lot of really impressive things. And so I think he's a guy who should be in the conversation for the Lions. He's one of the most popularly mocked draft players to Lions that we've seen for a while now. But does that mean he's the guy at six or does that mean he's the guy at 18 or, you know, who knows, right? Or maybe mm-hmm. he even slips further because people aren't sold that last season's inconsistencies were, you know, not the, the way he's going to be right so he could he could slide in the day too who knows so there's a lot of up and ups and downs with him that are undetermined i like him as a player i think he's good i don't know if he's going to be pick number six good you know what i mean like that's the big question uh once you get past him it starts getting light uh it's a little harder it, but well it gets light but not not a literally, not literally bigger yeah right <laughs> but but as um, far as you know the high draftability wise correct now you're looking at day two guys um you've got uh you've got uh uh I always, Ika from Baylor Ika. I always I always want to add the Ika or you know I, mean, I don't quite say it right the Baylor kid Ika right he's I was a big fan of him yeah I like he, that well guy. Well, we don't need that. Those tackles not a not going to be a priority. Well, it is if you want to keep a lean at the three, right? If you want to keep a lean at the three, you want a big body. So Ika could be the guy. Mozzie Smith is going to be in that day two He's bigger than that. Oh yeah, I mean he's down to three fifty four <laughs> is what what Ika was right. Like he was he was much bigger than that before. Six four three fifty four for Ika. Mozzie's six three three thirty five, and Mozzie's bigger than that too. Has like, the media let's, let's on be... his side, hiding all of his uh, whatever he was doing. <laughs> oh god, he's got a big plus there. <laughs> um, Keanu Benton is another nose that I think they could consider from Wisconsin. I think he's gonna end up probably going on day two when it's all said and done. Um, but if you want the three, then you're looking at like Gervin Dexter out of Florida. And then there's going to be a whole bunch of these undersized guys that people are really going to start pushing. Colby Wooden from Auburn was more of like an edge guy that they're going to probably say is like a four technique. Uh, Kalijah Clancy can see from Pittsburgh is basically the exact same size as Aaron Donald. And he has this elite first step that people are falling in love with. And they're going to say, Hey, he's, he should be in that conversation. Oh, look, Brad Holmes is there. Let's let's Brad Holmes. will take him Right. Like, so in my mind, I think these are, they're, they're still both day two guys, uh, but they're going to need to go into this draft and they're going to need to get, grab somebody, right. They're going to need to grab a guy on day two. Like one of these guys is probably going to be a lion. One of the guys that we just named. Right. Um, or they could go to free agency, you know, and, and see how that plays Interesting out to too. see who's going to be available there. Right. And that's the trick, right? Because we don't know how that whole thing is going to shake out just yet. Um, but even if they add in free agency, I still think you could end up seeing them add a guy in the draft. Like defensive tackle is going to be a position that they need to look at pretty hard. 
All right. Defensive end. Currently a lot happier. Yeah. Currently (laughs) under contract, Aiden Hutchinson, Charles Harris, Josh Paschal, and Romeo Aquara. Uh, we, if we want to talk like the hybrid edge rushers, the hybrid Sam edge rushers as well in this group, every James Houston and Julian Aquara. So yeah. there's a lot here. There's a lot more yeah. than that we thought there was going to be at the beginning yeah. of the season. And so it's a position that maybe not totally dealing from strength. I guess if Will Anderson was sitting there at six, I think the Lions take Will Anderson regardless oh, yeah. of what they have on their roster. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because look, if that scenario I laid out with Jalen Carter happens where it's three quarterbacks, Jalen Carter and an offensive tackle, you could see Will Anderson. Now, again, I don't expect him to be there, yeah, that's probably but right. there's an outside perspective, uh, you know, chance that, that, uh, that it could happen. Right. So, um, but yeah, Will Anderson's going to be your top guy. Um, but do they need it? Do they need it? Right. You have six guys. That's, that's enough. Like they're going to run with six during the season. They may have those six guys under contract. The challenging part is going to be contract costs. Romeo Aquara is set to make $14.5 million. That's a ton for a backup. Charles Harris is set to make $8 million. That's a lot mm. for a backup. If you release either of them, you get half of that money back. So you could free up seven and a half by moving on from Aquara. You could free up four by moving on from Charles Harris. That's really expensive for backup roles because they're very they're they're in backup roles. Let's not make a mistake. Now, could Romeo jump Pascal? Sure, he yeah, could. He's totally healthy, and yeah, and he gets everything yeah. back. To, it'd be interesting. It'd be yeah. interesting if they keep it around. See what ends up happening. Right. And then, but then like, are you going to want to pay Charles Harris 8 million to sit around? You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a lot harder pill to swallow. So do you think it's hard? It's going to be hard to keep both. It really is. Um, I worry about Romeo because he's coming off the injury and he's got the huge price tag and he is not clearly in a starting role right now. Um, and so that's going to be a hard pill to swallow for Romeo. But Romeo is probably the second most talented defensive end on the roster when he's healthy, right? So, but that's a big number. He's in. It's his final year of his contract. He's it's fourteen and a half million. That's the fourth highest contract on the Lions, and you could free up a boatload of money if you decide to move on. So, it'd be understandable either way that they that they want to go with this direction now. Because they're probably going to lose one of these guys, that means you're probably going to want to add a guy at some point. And then you're going to add depth competition as well. But you're probably looking for another guy in like the six-man rotation. So do they go to the draft? That seems to be where a lot of the talent is at the top. If you get past the quarterbacks and you get past the tackles, which the Lions don't, if they're not looking at those guys, after Carter and um, and uh, and – Anderson, the next most talented players are, are probably edge rushers. And, and right now, I think Tyree Wilson is one of the most popular guys to be the next best edge rusher or defensive lineman on, on the board. And that's if you're not familiar with him, he's out of Texas Tech. He's 6'6, 270. Um, he can stand up, he can rush from a hand in the dirt, he can pinch into the three. He's he does everything that you want a closed end to do with actually a little bit more range. Uh, he would be an ideal partner opposite of Aiden Hutchinson. And I know there's probably some people saying, but man, Eric, didn't they just draft Josh Pascoe? Well, they did. 
but they also rotate their defensive linemen where you need to be able to have two deep guys. Like, look at what Philly does. Look at what, you know, there's all these other, all these successful teams that have consistently good pass rushes. It's because they can roll two, three deep on the, on your edge rusher. So edge rusher is always a position you want to add. Uh, I do think they're in a really good spot with some several talented players that they've invested in and they'll have under contract at the same time. I don't think it takes edge off the table at number six. And so, you know, we'll see where it goes. Cause I still think that they're going to add to this position, even though it looks like a really deep spot on the roster right now. So interesting how John Kaminsky fits into all that. Adam, look, if you, if, if you're going to move on from Harris or pass or, or, or uh, Romeo, you bring John back. So if you bring John Kaminsky back, him and Pascal can hold down the, the close side. And now you have Aiden and whoever you decide to choose between Romeo and Charles. Now it's less of a need on the edge. I still think though that they would address it if they needed to, because that's what good teams do. They, they have all of this pass rushing talent that they just like to roll at people. Look, Aiden played 85% of the snaps last year, like defensive snaps. You, I don't think they want him playing 85%. You know what I mean? They want 75. Right. hundred percent in the playoffs. (laughs) <laughs> right um like because you're more effective when you roll and if you have edge rushers if you have mo- if you can go deep on edge rusher then it lessens that need at defensive tackle as well like you don't you're not pressed to have a um a, a sec a day two defensive tackle tr- pushed into a starting role like you're not putting as much pressure on him if you can now roll out with sets where you're using three edge rushers four edge rushers and so there's a big advantage to being able to have multiple layers of edge rusher. And look, it's not like this group was like tearing the house down. I mean, they set records for rookies and, and pressures and sacks and they did all kind. There was a lot of the huge step forward, but is this pass rushing unit? One of the elite in the NFL? No, not no, yet. Not at all. And so 39 there's room to sacks add. in yeah. 2022. So there's room to add. And I don't think, where they sit now, even if they add Kaminsky back into the fold, I still think it's on the table. All right. Other two guys, James Houston, Julian Aquari, you didn't really touch on them. Houston is going to be really interesting how his um, development continues. I do think he's going to be a much larger part of the mix. Um, and I do think there's going to be be a specific role though for him that he look he's going to make the defense uh flexible right he's going to allow the defense to adapt and we saw this kind of late in the year when they were playing a team where they wanted to run like more their standard to kind of like four three or you know four two base he was used as like a, a situational pass rusher off the edge great role for him but when they play a team that's a run-first team like the Bears, they went to three down linemen and stood up Aiden and then stood up James Houston and went with a 5-2 a five-two front. And that 5-2 was part of the reason why they were eventually, when they switched to that, they were able to contain um, fields more. He gives them that flexibility. And so he's going to have a role, and it may not be like a pigeonholed starter role on a week-to-week basis, 
But even if he's not a starter, he's still going to get his share of snaps. He's still going to find time on the field. And man, I mean, he's earned it. And and he's just going to give them so much more flexibility with, with what they can do up front. Linebackers, Malcolm Rodriguez, Derek Barnes, Anthony Pittman is his exclusive race free agent. That's that's it. After yeah. that, next year. And this is a spot where they roll six on game day. Six, right? right? Like because they use two guys as your starters, one third guy as a rotational piece, and then they use three of them on special teams. So if you bring Anzalone back, you can roll with your same three starters, your same three Anzalone, Barnes, Rodriguez, you know, trio. And then Borden Woods were your uh, special teams experts with Pittman. And there's your six. That was your six last year. Are they married to bringing those three free agents back? I don't know. Uh, will they offer them contracts? Yes, I think they will. Um but I also think this is a position where they're gonna they can easily add. How much do they want to add, though, is the real question. There are some very, very talented off the ball uh free agents this year. There are some guys at the mic that you can pay $10 million to, and they will come and they will change how that defensive front looks, like because they're that that good of players, right? At the same time. Do they value that more than they value using the money on other positions? And so that's the big question. The draft is, again, as we're starting to see more and more, the draft is full of linebackers that are on the smaller side and aren't your traditional guys that translate to the NFL. And so there's if you're looking for your standard downhill mic, there's only a handful of them. There's only like three or four that you're going to kind of look at. Um, that are that can come off and really contribute. So most of the linebackers nowadays are hybrid guys because they have to adjust to the college spread. So a guy like Anzalone could end up coming back because of the role he can play. They may spend more because uh, on a free agent because there's not the assets uh, that there were in the past. And so it'd be interesting to see how they address, or maybe they just go light. I mean, it would be a whole change in philosophy, but if they go light, then they then that can you know they there's it's a lot easier to try to start filling bodies that way but linebacker is a position where they're going to need at least three more guys uh that are going to be on the 53 and and we'll we'll see how they decide to attack that interesting man as a mike linebacker in the the draft list from Oregon Noel Noah Sewell yeah Do he's you your think old they bring in his brother <sighs> If it's at the right spot, like this, the talk of him. Okay. As a freshman, he was outstanding. He, he, he was a, he was an edge rusher. He, he had great coverage. There was so many different things that he could do in Mario Cristobal's scheme. Cristobal leaves for Miami. You get a new uh, coach in that implements a pro scheme and man, did he get exposed for the stuff that he's not good at. He missed tackles, he overpursued, his coverage dropped, and all of those things are, are in a pro-style type scheme, and he, he kind of got exposed. And what he looks like to me right now, and you're going to hate this, he looks like Jelani Tavai. Oh, boy. Where he looks like a guy who, if he's in the right system, can be good, but it's there's only going to be a handful of systems. Now, 
if he returns back to his old form before this year, he could be down to Hightower, where he's a guy who um, you know, can play multiple spots, he can pass rush, he can play the mic, he can do a lot of different things. But right now, Noah looks like a Pats linebacker, not a linebacker that you would see in Aaron Glenn's defense. So you have to find him at the right price. Kicking back to the cornerback position, Jerry Jacobs, Jeff Akuda, Chase Lucas, Jaron Williams, Khalil Dorsey, Bobby Price. Those uh, Bobby Price restricted free agents. So those are the guys under contract. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little thin, right? Thin. And, and this is why I think you have two it, starters, but then also they do, and they probably are going to look to upgrade both of those starters if they can, right? Like I think I could see them. Uh, you know, I expect I expect Jeff or Jerry to to start. Could both start? Maybe. I expect one of them to start. So maybe you bring in uh, a free agent. Maybe you bring back Mike Hughes. You know what I mean? Like who knows? Mike Hughes played well on the outside down the stretch, really well for for the scheme. So maybe you bring Mike Hughes back and you just want him to compete. But this surely seems like a spot that they're going to try and address in the draft because they need youth and talent. The great thing is there's a boatload of it in this class. Um, is there a player good enough to go six? Maybe. We'll see. There's a couple of guys that are in that conversation. Uh, but even if they don't go at six, there's going to be a lot more of those guys that could go at 18. And so, and if you don't like a guy at 18, there's going to be a whole other boatload of guys that can go in, in the second round as well with one of their two picks. So it's a nice deep corner class with some really highly talented players at the top. I've got my favorite. Uh, I got to see how certain things, you know, check the boxes and whatnot as this, as the offseason progresses. But this surely seems like a very logical place to use one of your two first-round draft picks and go into free agency and try and add some guys and try and turn this group over kind of like you did with the wide receiver group last year. Lions could finally bring in Patrick Peterson if they want to. They could. All these years could. later. <laughs> he, the end look, of his career. He like he's it's such a weird career. He, like he was such a dominating corner. And then he like fell off. And he had like three years where he was like average. And then last year he played great. And so interesting uh little arc to his career. Uh has he found it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he's refound his 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 skill set or if uh you know I don't know. Bottom line for me is I'm fully expecting one of these top corners to end up being a lion next year. Devin Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez, Joey Porter Jr. Who do you like the most? Devin Witherspoon. Devin is everything that this group wants. Uh he's physical, he's fearless. He'll hit you and let you know it. He's athletic, but maybe not as athletic as Gonzalez or Porter, right? Those guys are really long, freaky, tall guys. Witherspoon's like six foot 185, so he's a little undersized, but he hits you like a ton of bricks. And so um I um I kind of comped him to Jair Alexander. Um my buddy Tom Wilkinson, who did a review of him, comped him to uh, Denzel Ward, which actually I think might even be better than my comp, the Denzel Ward comp, because Denzel Ward's like uh, he undersized corner that went early. 
I think, and he's very physical, kind of like Witherspoon is. Um, both of those, uh, you know, comparisons I think are apt because I think he has that kind of uh, level. He has that kind of ceiling that he can reach up to. So if he tests well or better, you know, like he looks athletic on tape, but if he tests that way, I think he's a guy they could consider at six uh, and a guy they might hope is there at 18 or maybe even a guy they trade up from 18 to try and go get because he is everything that this defense is about. All right. Safeties under contract. Kirby Joseph, Ifeatu Melifonwu, Brady Breeze, Tracy Walker. Does Tracy Walker even play next year? Tracy Walker has been saying for about a month now he's on track to play in OTAs in the spring, which would be a very rapid acceleration. But he feels pretty confident that he can make it. Now, if you recall, Jeff Akuda, who was injured about the same time Tracy Walker was uh, the season prior, he showed up around OTAs doing a little bit of work. And then when training camp rolled around, he was right back. He was in the mix, fully going. The, Tracy is expected to be on that same kind of time, or he's expecting to be on that same kind of timeline. So he keeps saying OTAs. I believe if you look at the training videos, like that he keeps posting, he's probably on that same pace Akuda was on, maybe even a little bit uh, ahead. Um, so I am expecting Tracy to be in the mix, uh, whether it's OTAs, like he says, or training camp. Uh, I do expect him to be in the mix. I uh, but I am also expecting him to have a little bit of a slow start because it takes a while to reacclimate, trust yourself, stuff like that. Um, so I do think adding another corner or safety here is probably something that they're going to look at. In the third um, or fourth round, like they're they're apt to doing. It's possible. Um, and I'm going to tell you my what I would prefer in a second here. Uh, but. I don't think if he's ready to be safety three and, and Kirby you're happy with, but if like Tracy were, isn't ready, I don't think they're ha- going to be happy with if he being the starter. So I do think br- bringing back to Sean Elliott, uh, Sean Elliott would be uh, a wise investment. That way you have three safeties that you can count on. Uh, I don't know if Elliott will be uh, as quick to return. If he thinks Tracy is you know going to return to starting lineup and he's on the bench, uh, but I would still go after Elliot to try and bring him back. But the other option I like is to go after a corner safety hybrid. Um, Brian Branch out of Alabama is this kind of nickel safety combo guy, right? He's like Minka Fitzpatrick, like uh, last year with Kyle Hamilton, because he plays that off-the-ball role. He's going to slide in the draft. I think he's probably going to be available somewhere in that 14 to 20 range. Lions pick at 18, so that's going to be the range he would be in. Um, And that's a guy that I would look at. He can be your Will Harris replacement and start at nickel. But if if Tracy is not ready, he can also drop back and play safety. He can do both. Christopher Smith from Georgia is another one of these guys that can do the same. You can probably get him on day two. 
Um, and then a guy that you can maybe get maybe in the third round, maybe early parts of day three, uh, is another Illinois guy, uh, Jartavius Quan Martin, who was uh, Kirby Joseph's uh, roommate at Illinois, ironically. But he's a guy who can he can play man. He's got good instincts. He's going to probably live in the slot. Uh, but he can he has experience playing safety, including single high. And so he can be like an insurance option. So if I'm the Lions, I'm looking at one of those three guys in the draft to try and give me possibly a starting nickel that can also be Tracy Walker insurance as well. So could that mean the Lions draft? Devin Witherspoon at six and then come right back and draft Brian branch at 18. Yeah, sure. I'd be happy with it, you know, because those are, those would be two building blocks that can help out in your secondary. I'd be fine with that. Um, but I could easily just as I could just as easily see them bringing back Elliot as insurance. And then, you know, maybe going after trying to bring Will Harris back as that nickel as well. So, it's going to be interesting to see how they attack the secondary. Safety is less of a need, but it does need to be something that they look at. They need a guy who can be safety three at worst and uh, be a little insurance. And if they can find a hybrid player, even better. Finally, special teams. Punter is Jack Fox. He's not going anywhere. Long snapper Scott Daly. Exclusive rights free agent. I'm guessing they're going to bring him back. So we yeah. have one gaping hole. <laughs> that kicker there's no kickers on the roster well they yep. bring back michael badgley it is a strong kicker class yeah in the draft I, I i do think badgley will probably come back uh or they'll attempt to bring him back and then i also expect them to bring in some competition for him as well um if they bring in a long snapper, I expect it to be like an undrafted long snapper right i don't think they're going to draft one but uh Mulebach would... develop them Right. Um, and so it wouldn't be surprising to see competition at long snapper. Uh, but I absolutely expect competition at kicker, whether they bring Badgley back or not. Uh, strong kicker class. Uh, Chad Ryland is uh, from Maryland, spent four years at Eastern. He's one of the top kickers in the class. Jake Moody from Michigan is one of the top kickers in the class. Moody won the uh, uh, the Oh gosh, why am I blanking on the uh, college Lou kicker? Groza award. The Lou Groza, thank you. You won the Groza and uh, after last 2021. Um, uh, Jack Podlinski from Georgia. Uh, Andre Schmidt from uh, Syracuse. Those guys are all NFL level kickers, right? Um, they don't need a punter, so that means we... I mean, I, we, I, we can't talk about Michigan State's uh, Behringer, Bryce right? Behringer. No, I don't uh, want he, any Spartans with the Lions. He's he's going to get drafted, though. I mean, yeah, he um, will. It's somebody who needs a punter, sure. Um, yeah, he's top punter in the class. I I mentioned this on Twitter the other day when uh, when people were gushing about him smoking like seventy yard kicks at, at the Senior Bowl. That uh, when I asked you who was the best NFL prospect on Michigan State's roster, you said it was Behringer. You're probably absolutely right there too. It wasn't a hard question. Well, still, <laughs> I mean, like, they had. Well, he's 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 going to get drafted. You can pretty much bank on that. Uh, but the kicker class it has draftable players as well, and um, 
couple of really talented ones. And so we'll see if the Lions dip their their hand in the pool there to try and grab one of these guys, or if uh, they just opt to get a UDFA to, to challenge Badgley, we'll, we'll, we'll find out, right? But uh, for now, it's uh, we're going to have to do a little bit more kicker field uh, game study this year than we uh, yeah, than have done in the past. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's it. We made it all the way through the roster. <clears throat> Good. I hope we've helped kind of establish where we are. I, now, I, now we get to get into the fun stuff. Now drafts. Right? Yeah. Now we yeah. Now we're gonna start talking about uh, drafts draft and prospects. Um, probably should do a mailbag coming up here. Yeah. Uh, that's always fun. People always have draft question to ask. Draft questions to ask. Um, as I mentioned at the top, I put out my initial Lions draft board uh, on our Patreon. Um, a lot of people that were already subscribed got it. A lot of new people have subscribed this week, and uh, it'll give Lions fans a good base of of kind of where the roster or where the uh, roster is, where the draft class is as things start to shake out. Uh, moving through the All Star games, and then also uh, as we head towards the combine in a month, and then. Pro days right after, and then next thing you know, the draft is here, and, and and all, and it just you know, it all comes to fruition in just a couple of months. Which so, it's always fun time of the year to get to to look at how this uh, how the roster evolves. Big boost in the ratings on Spotify. Obviously, no movement on Apple Podcasts because we have no movement <laughs> on Apple Podcasts. We'll figure it out one of these days. We're a little slow. Yeah, um, we're just not savvy. And uh, the job is. Well, I don't know. The people at Apple Podcasts aren't very savvy either. Well, they're not helpful, right? Right? They're not helping us. They're like, here's a problem. Good luck. No. So at least they know what the problem is now. All right. That's all we got. Anything? Anything left? Enjoy the Senior Bowls. Big Senior Bowl day. Although nobody's gonna. The Senior Bowls could probably be over, but after most. By the time most of the people listen to this. <laughs> right. Well, this is, you know, hopefully some of the guys we pointed out at the Senior Bowl will have had good games and, and uh, we'll look smart. Yeah. Yep. All right. That's it. That's, that's all we got for this week. And until next time, let's go Lions.